This is Crow Inquisitors, and you're about to hear some original fiction inspired by the game. The Ghost Theo started to cross the muddy street, leaving the warmth of the tavern behind him as he brought his hood up and pulled his cloak about him to ward off the chill of the icy rain. It usually didn't get this cold in Saran, but there had been a bout of bad weather unusual for the month of Ember Death. Almost as if as the fire of summer dwindled, the warmth of all good things went with it. Or at least, that's how it seemed to Theo. He went by Thanos most days now, even though that name was more likely to get him recognized than his given one. There was just something about the thought of hearing the name Theo come from the lips of the Serrano that unnerved him, down to his very bones. There were very few things that unnerved him anymore. He glanced to the side, down the alley that flanked the leeward side of the Weeping Devil and through the sheets of rain thought he could still see the feet of the men he had killed a few minutes before sticking out from underneath a broken cart. No one had found them yet then. All the better. He would be leaving in a few hours, and wouldn't likely be back in Treva for some time. Every once in a while it was more fun, though, if they found the bodies. Being Verudian meant he stood out, with his platinum blonde hair and blue eyes, and people in a town this small always blamed the foreigners when something went wrong. Thrill was thrill. Whether you were fighting a lion with your bare hands for the entertainment of a massive crowd, or simply trying to avoid torches and pitchforks as you were run out of town by villagers. Theo turned away from the alley, readjusting the trident he had slung across his back, and headed towards the shop on the other side of the main thoroughfare, where a few men were stowing boxes in the back of a covered wagon. They wore thick cloaks like Theo's, but with their hands busy, could do little to actually ward off the rain as the wind whipped at them in their clothing. Theo was about to raise a hand to signal to one of them when he saw a spectral figure shimmer to life before him, rippling with the rain for a moment before condensing into a more solid form. A woman with long, dark hair and a beautiful face, wearing a blood-soaked dress. Theo stopped for a moment, his lips parting as if he were about to speak. As always, he could not find the words. He blinked, and she was gone. He ground his teeth, cursing Nirani silently for using that form to torment him, but he knew why she did it. It was to remind him of what he had lost and what he could gain if he continued to do what she asked of him. He stood for a moment unmoving in the middle of the mud and grime of the street before he heard a loud curse from beside him. Theo glanced up, muscles tensing, to see a man on horseback yelling and gesturing for him to get out of the way. Theo hesitated for a moment more, wanting to go for his trident as adrenaline began to pump through his veins, but with effort, he calmed himself and stepped to the side to let the rider pass. The man, Serrano Noble, Theo thought, sent another curse his way, muffled by the rain, before he kicked his horse and it trotted past further into the downpour. Theo shook his head to clear away cobwebs of thought as the image of his wife standing in the rain burned in his mind and turned back towards the wagon and its owners. There was no time to be distracted. He knew what he had to do, and he would not fail. He would show her and the other gods that he would do whatever it took to claim what was his from their greedy hands. Besides, he had another task today, one given him by his other master. Theo stepped up to the wagon and, without a word, lifted one of the boxes piled next to the door of the adjacent shop and brought it over to stack against his counterparts. He had another box and was halfway to the wagon once more before one of the men stopped him with a word. Hey, you, the man said an older Serrano with broad shoulders and a thick brown beard that dripped with rain. What do you think you're doing? Helping, Theo said, turning around to face him. He knew the man as Rodel Muss, 
a merchant and wagoneer who was currently down on his luck after a disastrous business deal or two. You seemed like you needed it. This weather doesn't look like it's going to let up anytime soon, and there's only two of you, so... Theo shrugged and let the word hang in the air, almost like a question. Well, who are you? Rodell said, squinting through the rain at him. I don't even know your name, stranger, and I'd like more than that if I'm to let you handle fragile wares. The name is Thanos, Theo said, turning and setting his box down carefully in the wagon. I'll make sure to be careful of your wares, good merchant. I'm honestly just a man looking for work where he can find it. Theo stuck out his hand and smiled amiably. Riddell frowned and didn't immediately extend his own hand, but a voice from inside the shop interrupted any further response. That should be it, father. Volo said that was the last of... A man stepped out of the shop and froze as he noticed Theo. Father, the man said, his hand going to a small belt knife a half a second too late to have been useful if Theo had truly wanted to kill Riddell. The boy was likely in his late teens, but had the height and breadth of his father, and a small bit of stubble to go along with it. Hmm? Rodell muttered, before turning to his son and noticing the boy's hand on the hilt of his knife. Oh, stop that, Delar. He just wants work. I'll thank Valo before we leave. Grab another box, will ya? Delar flushed and let his hand drop, then sheepishly turned back to the stack of boxes next to the wall and hefted another one. Sorry, he said as he passed Theo on his way to the wagon. Theo gestured dismissively before turning back to Riddell. Why are you loading now in the middle of the rain? Riddell grunted. No choice. I have a schedule, and it'll be my hide if I don't fulfill it. The wagoneer made a few more grunting sounds, obviously thinking something through, before waving to Theo to help him with the next box, which was wider than the others. They worked in silence for a few minutes, and had most of the boxes stowed away into the wagon before anyone spoke again. I would have more hands to help with this, Riddell said from beneath the lip of the shop's roof, rubbing at his hand absently, as if he had strained it. The man I pay to protect this thing, he gestured absently at the wagon. Well, they are less than reliable, I can tell you that much. A shame. Hard to find good help these days. Theo helped Delar put the last box inside, and his comment proved to be prophetic, as Delar stumbled and the box fell into place with a damning thud. Indeed. Rodell said, frowning at his son. Sorry, father. Rodell grunted and turned back to Theo. I can't pay you much for that, you understand. I don't have a lot of free coin after I restock for the next leg. Theo smiled and took a step over to join the wagoneer beneath the lip of the roof. Of course. Though if you needed more substantial help, I am more than willing to offer it. Where are you headed? Rodell narrowed his eyes. I don't have much need for lifting boxes when we're on the road. But you seem to be in need of a more reliable source of protection and general assistance, yes? Now listen, I already have two men for that, and me and my son can handle most of the other work anyway. Theo nodded, smiling softly again. These guards of yours have been a problem, though, yes? Drinking on the job, blowing their earnings on beer and prostitutes whenever you pull into a new town? Well, yes, but... I'm a skilled fighter, Master Riddell, and I can assure you I'll be much more reliable than whomever you've hired in the past. Have you ever been to Lucerta? Well, sure, Riddell said, scratching his beard absently. I used to pass through there regularly. Then you may have heard of me. Thanos, the ocean's death, Narani's champion. Riddell stared for a moment, not quite comprehending. Then his eyes widened, and he pointed at Theo's trident, which he seemed to have just noticed. You! You're the man of ten thousand lives. I saw you in the pit, facing one of those dragons of the east. Theo smiled more broadly. 
That was him, all right. Though dragon might be a bit of an exaggeration. He had heard stories of the dragon gods of the eastern jungles, and what he had fought in Lucertus Colosseum had not been nearly as intelligent or powerful. Just a dumb animal, really. Sure, it had had a spiked tail and huge fins across its back, but it hadn't breathed fire at him or anything. Then you'll have heard I won my freedom, Theo continued. Aye, that I did. Riddell was nodding contemplatively. So what in the great god's name are you doing in Treva? Right now, just seeing the country. I didn't have much of a chance before. Freedom is a wonderful thing, and I wanted to take advantage of it as much as I can these days. The story felt flat, and Theo tried not to grimace as he remembered just how much freedom had been taken away from him. Riddell continued to nod, and was about to say something more when he frowned and called out to his son angrily. Delar, what are you doing, boy? Theo glanced over at the wagon to see Delar with one of the boxes open, inspecting its contents. From this angle, Theo couldn't see much, but what he did see was enough to confirm his suspicions. Vada had been right in sending him to these two. I'm just making sure nothing is broken, father, Delar started. You know, just in case. Shut your trap and close the lid, Delar, now. Riddell glanced at Theo and then added, The flaming boy knows that we waterproof those boxes for a reason. Books get ruined easily with just a little water. Theo nodded at the lie, but said nothing more. Well, Thanos, Riddell said, scratching his beard again. Doesn't seem like my men are getting back here anytime soon, and we need to leave. I have a job for you if you want it. Theo saw the feet sticking out from underneath the forgotten cart in his mind's eye, and then reached out a hand. I'd be honored, Master Merchant. The rain let up soon after they made their way out of Treva, but it had already done its damage, and the roads were more mud and water than solid dirt. While the first day went by without too much difficulty, as Riddell's horses were strong and the wagon was sturdy, by the time midday of the second day out of town came around, and they were deep into the forest that filled this part of Saran, the road got worse and worse until the wagon stopped entirely in a thick patch of mud, water, and debris, and refused to budge. Riddell whipped the horses for a good three minutes before finally giving up and cursing loudly to the canopy of trees above them. This isn't good, Delar said, wringing his hands together from where he sat in the back of the wagon, his back up against one of the larger boxes. Theo had offered to give the front to Delar, but Riddell had licked his lips nervously and insisted that his son take the back. You'll have a better vantage point to see if something is wrong, Riddell had insisted. Well, of course it isn't good, Riddell said, sighing and letting the reins fall. The horses whinnied and pawed at the ground with their hooves anxiously. Theo got to his feet and leaned, one hand grabbing the top of the wagon to look down the length of the vehicle at the wheels on his side. It looks pretty bad. We might be able to push it out if we coordinate with the horses. He swung down, his boots making a squelching sound as they sunk a foot into the mud. Ah, uh, you may be right, Riddell said. Delar, go give him a hand. Delar grunted his assent and got out of the vehicle to join Theo in the mud. The young man seemed discouraged as he looked at the state of the wheels. How do you expect this is going to work? He asked Theo, crossing his arms across his broad chest. Well, if you hadn't noticed, Theo said, writing himself from inspecting one of the spokes, you and your father are as broad as oxen. I'm sure with the three of us putting our heads and our might together, we can get this thing out. It'll mostly be a matter of timing, I imagine. Theo went around to the back of the wagon and froze as he saw the ghostly afterimage of his wife, sitting with her legs dangling off the vehicle and her eyes with a faraway look. Delar nearly stumbled into Theo, and when he caught himself, said, What? What is it? Theo shook his head and blinked hard, and then she was gone again. 
Are you going to tell me what I need to do? He thought, looking down into a nearby puddle and seeing the briefest shimmer of a woman with blue hair and a serious, cold face. Or are you just tormenting me for fun? Nothing, Theo said, sighing. It's nothing. I was worried the back wheel had broken, but it's still dark in here. I was wrong. Delar nodded slowly and then took a step around Theo to get into position at the back of the wagon. He put his huge hands on the vehicle and then tried to get his feet into the right position to brace himself for a push. He attempted a couple of imaginary shoves before turning back to Theo. So we just have Father get the horses going as soon as we push? And you think that'll work? The mud here is pretty deep. Delar looked down at his boots, which were nearly sunk into a large puddle of water directly behind the wagon. Theo finally looked away from the puddle himself, which had rippled and broken when Delar had stepped through it. It's at least something to try. Delar nodded and called back up to his father. Father, when we're ready to push, we'll give you a signal. Sounds good, lad, Riddell called back. Tell me when. They braced themselves against the back and then called forward, shoving with all their might at the same moment that Riddell snapped the horses into action. The animals strained against their harnesses and Riddell began cursing, more to motivate himself than the beasts. The wagon seemed to inch forward, slowly coming out of the ditch as Theo and Delar strained against it. But then something gave, and both men slipped as the wagon began to pitch backwards and slide back into the trench of mud and water. Curse this all the chaos! Riddell exclaimed from the front of the wagon, slapping the reins once more. Move, you flaming animals! The horses screamed out of response, but the wagon didn't move, and Delar pulled himself out of the mud, sputtering. Well, that didn't work, Delar complained. Theo had a hand on the back of the wagon and paused a moment as he looked inside. We're going to have to move some of the wares, he announced finally. Delar started. Um, I don't think... They both heard a squishing sound as Riddell swung off the bench at the front of the vehicle and made his way back towards them. We can't do that, Thanos, the wagoneer said, frowning at Theo. We have precious cargo in there. We can't just throw it on the ground. Theo shook his head. We'll be careful. Besides, you said you waterproofed those boxes. If they can stand a little rain, they can stand being set on damp ground while we maneuver the wagon. That's the only way this is going to work. It's too heavy otherwise. Riddell frowned more deeply, but said nothing. He glanced at Delar, who was wringing his hands again. Theo stepped over to the forest floor beside the road and tapped the ground with his foot. We can set them here. No mud and the moss here won't be too bad on the wood. Riddell lifted a hand and began to complain, but Theo folded his arms. It's either that, or we hope that another team comes by and has the manpower to both get through this same spot and get us out too. Theo looked up at the sky. The weather is holding for now, but who knows how long that will last, and that means the road will only get worse. This is our best option. Riddell sighed. All right, fine. You win, gladiator. Like always. We'll take half the wares out and try again. That should be enough. Theo nodded. The three of them made quick work of the boxes, and the wagon was almost at the halfway mark when what Theo had been waiting for happened. Riddell stepped away to check on the horses for a moment, who had been spooked by something they saw or smelled nearby, and were pulling at their reins and jostling the wagon. Delara hefted one last box and was about to step around the worst of the waterlogged road when he slipped and dropped the box into the mud. The top came off, and the contents spilled across the road. There were books, just a few, probably worthless, making up the first layer of the contents of the box. But underneath, and now scattered in the mud, were small icons of the various gods of the Garrick Pantheon. Vada had been right. Theo snapped out his trident from where it was slung across his back, stepping forward in the same motion to press the prongs of the weapon to Delar's throat. 
The young man's eyes bulged and stared up the length of the trident, his mouth moving up and down in silent protest. Delar, Riddell called out as his booted feet squished back towards them. Did you drop one of those boxes? By all the patron saints, boy! His voice caught in his throat as he saw the scene before him. What are you? He started, before his eyes flickered down to the spilled icons. Then he slowly closed his eyes and let out a resigned exhale. You lied to me, Theo said, still holding the trident to Delar's neck as he glanced up at Riddell with hard eyes. You're heretics, just as the Scarlet Inquisitor said. What? No! Delar started to choke out before Theo pressed one of the prongs into the soft part of his neck, drawing a thin line of blood. Don't bother, boy, Riddell said, opening his eyes. His face seemed to droop, melt even, as a few drops of rain began to descend from the broken clouds above. He's already seen it. He's an agent of the church. Riddell met Theo's gaze. Aren't you? Theo nodded slowly. I was given a mission. To find you and discover whether or not you were smuggling icons to heretical groups. I was hoping I would be wrong. We were desperate. The church cracks down on these things so much that you can make good money getting them to the right people. Theo nodded again. You know what I have to do, don't you? I do, Riddell said. But I would ask you to have mercy. Doesn't the church speak of mercy? Theo grimaced. I used to think so long ago. But living the life I have hardens your heart to mercy and hatred alike. It doesn't end up mattering. Just what you're told to do. If you have to kill someone, let it be me, Riddell said, face pleading. My son had no choice but to go along with my foolish decisions. He shouldn't be punished for my actions. Theo considered that for a moment before shaking his head. I have my orders, good merchant. I'm sorry. Theo tensed his muscles to prepare to kill Delar, who was beginning to whimper, his tears mixing with the falling rain. But then he saw her again. A woman in a white dress, stained red with blood, standing in the rain. She looked past him, always staring at something just beyond him, though he never knew what it was. She raised one hand, shimmering light seeming to trail off of her form like mist. She wasn't pointing, but rather held out a hand in invitation. Take my hand, she seemed to be saying. Choose what I would choose. Let me give you strength. Theo was frozen in that moment for ten tense heartbeats, his body ready to fight. But eventually he felt his will break, and he dropped his trident into the mud. He let out a breath he didn't realize he had been holding. What? Riddell asked, shocked. What are you doing? Doing what she wants me to do, Theo said. The merchant looked at him quizzically, but he didn't explain further. Riddell helped his son up from the road, wiping off mud and clapping the young man on the shoulder to reassure him that everything would be all right. Theo stood, unmoving, staring at the spot where the ghost of his wife had been. All he wanted was for her to look at him again, but Narani never let that happen. He didn't even know if that moment had been real or another of the goddess's fabrications. He didn't know what to think anymore. They dumped the icons in the forest. Theo explained that it would be better this way. He could go back to Vada and tell the man that the icons had been destroyed, but that the wagoneers had escaped. The Inquisitor would believe that story, though he would be displeased at Theo's mixed success. But Theo honestly didn't care what Vada thought of him. He continued with the wagon until they reached the next town. 
Riddell and his son had enough goods besides the icons to make some small amount of profit off the trip, though it was far from ideal. But Riddell and Delars seemed entirely satisfied with having escaped with their lives. All three were quiet throughout the rest of the trip. Thea found it surprising that they even let him come with them after what he had almost done. But they still needed protection on the road, and more numbers were always better. Thea was about to bid them farewell as Riddell unhitched the horses from the wagon to stable them at a hostel in town, when Delar took his arm and led him a few paces away from the building. I wanted to thank you, Delar said, his face serious. Thank you for doing what you knew was right. My father has always admired your story, how you won your freedom in the games and turned to the church. Theo said nothing. There was so much of his story that the people didn't know, so much that he hated of what he had become. Well, anyway, I wanted to ask you something. Maybe you'll know more than most, given that you're Nirani's champion and all, in touch with the patron saints, yeah? I suppose, Theo said, raising an eyebrow. Well, Delar said, looking around almost conspiratorially. I had the stars read on my birthday last month, and the astrologer had a lot to say, apparently. I wondered if you could help me puzzle it out. He said that I was destined for greatness, that I would bring great change in the world. The stars showed him that my name was actually He Who Doubts, and that I was supposed to show the whole kingdom of Saran that they were being fooled by those they trusted most. The ghostly figure of Theo's wife appeared behind Delar, eyes boring into the back of the young man's head. Theo frowned at her, but Delar continued to speak. He said that someone would come and show me who those people were and how I could stop them. Delar shook his head, smiling slightly. It sounds ridiculous, I know, but that's what the man said. I've never put much faith in the stars or anything, but I thought you might know what I should do. Theo's gaze flickered distractedly between Delar and his wife's figure as she stepped forward straight towards the young man's back. She slowly began to shift and warp, her aura and hair turning blue, a dagger forming in her hand. Theo's eyes widened and he took an involuntary step towards her, holding up his hand to ward her off. As soon as he did, the figure before him finished its transformation, and the ghostly, rippling image of the goddess Narani stood before him, meeting his gaze. Her face was hard, and she pointed at Delar with her offhand. Kill him. Theo's face flattened, and he looked back at Delar. With one smooth motion, he grabbed the young man's throat and shoved him up against the building, beginning to choke him as he sputtered in shock and horror. What? Why? He managed to get out. Theo shook his head slowly. I'm sorry. This is how it has to be. He felt his chest ache slightly with a pang of guilt. But no, he had to do this. Tricking Vada was one thing. But disobeying a direct order from Narani? He couldn't. He needed his wife back. He had to see her eyes looking back at him. He kept his hand firmly on Delar's throat until after the young man was limp. He released the boy from his grip and the cold body slid down the outer wall of the hostel. Theo looked around. It was growing dark and the town was largely empty in this quarter. No one had seen him. He began walking away, out of town, leaving behind another sin. He heard a choked gasp from behind him and heard Rodell's voice call out. He must have found the body. Theo didn't turn around. Why? He heard Rodell scream after him, his voice ragged and full of despair. Why did you do this? Because that was what she wanted me to do, Theo whispered softly to himself as he left another weeping father to grieve another son's senseless death. <laughs>